0: If you have your Bibles, please go to the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to look at uh, chapter 18. So, Deuteronomy 18, and we're going to read from verse 15. Deuteronomy 18, from verse 15 to the end of the chapter. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to whom you shall listen, just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, Let me hear, or let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, or see this great fire any more, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, They are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how may we know the word that the Lord has spoken or has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. Or well, join me in prayer. Oh Lord this morning we are so uh, touched by your grace that we can open your word and to see things that you have spoken through your prophets our Lord thank you this morning that we can hear from you our Lord would you open our ears would you till the soil of our hearts so that we might receive what you have to say to us this day our Lord rescue us from all of the things that are fighting for our attention, Lord rescue us from the troubles of the day and Lord help us to focus on you, help us to see you And help us to behold you. Our Lord, would you uh, lift up and elevate our sense of awe and wonder around you. And Lord, would you help us to be drawn to you. Lead us to Jesus Christ. Stir up our affections for him. And Lord, would you change us today. Make us look more like him. And Lord, for those who have not yet confessed him. Our Lord, bring them to saving understanding of Jesus Christ. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, I don't know if you remember when you were learning how to drive. That's if, if you're a driver. I don't know if you've ever given driving lessons. Um, I'm the eldest of all of my siblings, and I'm also the eldest of all of my first cousins. So I'm a semi-driving instructor. And some days are better than others. Um, but the reason that you need someone to teach you how to drive, the reason that you may have had driving lessons or that you've given driving lessons is because people don't know how to drive, right? People are not born with the road code downloaded into their minds. People are not born knowing how to drive in different weather conditions today, it's wet. You know, people aren't born and automatically know all of these rules. They are ignorant. And there are consequences for ignorance, right? If someone was speeding on the wrong side of the road and they were pulled up and the police officer says, hey, why were you speeding, why were you going 150 zone on the wrong side of the road? And they might say, oh, I didn't know. Will that excuse be good enough? No, it won't be. There, there are consequences uh, because of their ignorance. They may even hurt someone on the road. But here's another thing. Say this person is not ignorant of those road rules. Say they're not ignorant and they've learned. They've been through the driving lessons. They've sat their learners and restricted, and now they have their full license. Say that person was now on the wrong side of the road going 150, and they got pulled up. What would they say? It's not because they're ignorant that they were breaking the law. It was because they were defiant that they were breaking the law. And this goes for every subject, not just driving, it goes for baking a cake. Um, Someone in my family, I won't say who, was making some cookies. And when they opened the oven tray, it turned into a big slice, because apparently my wife tells me that the butter wasn't at the right temperature when it was added to the mix. Um, So if you're ignorant when it comes to baking, you'll, you'll make mistakes, and there are consequences. There are bad consequences, now it's sort of inedible. But there are also some good consequences. You could make a lovely cake and people could enjoy it. You could, you could make some um, wonderful biscuits for, for people to enjoy. You might think of a doctor, just to give you one more of those illustrations. Look, if a person was performing surgery and they had never performed surgery before, they had never been to medical school, there are some huge consequences for the person who's lying on the table receiving that operation. The consequences of their ignorance is that that person may well die but friends let's say this doctor is well aware of the procedure they're well aware of how to use the tools they're well aware of the human anatomy but in their defiance they do the wrong thing they purposefully break the medical rules they may use the wrong medicine they may use the wrong tool they may um, make an incision in the wrong part of the body purposefully that person will have to answer for what they have done. Both the ignorant person and the person who knows what they're doing but remains defiant will answer for what they have done. And if we now focus on the subject, those are some important things. But the greater the subject, the greater the consequences. And friends, there is no greater subject than the subject of God. There is no thing more worth knowing than God. And we are born ignorant of his saving power and his saving grace through Jesus Christ. How can we know God? How can we know what he wants from us? How can we know what he requires of us? How can we know him? Well, the Bible tells us that creation worships him. That creation is a display of his work of um, creation. That we can look out and see um, his marvelous creation and see that there is evidence of God at work. But all of that information, though it may rescue us from ignorance that there is not a God or that there is a God, is not enough to bring us to a saving understanding or to saving faith in Christ. God has put his law on our hearts. That's why people feel bad about things that they do. People know that there is something wrong with the world. Everyone knows that there is something wrong with the world and they come up with different solutions and how to deal with those problems. But friends, um, those things are not enough to really know who God is. Though he has put his law on our hearts and we have conscience, though we can see his work of creation, that is not enough for us to be saved. So how then are we supposed to know God? The only way that we can actually know about God is if God voluntarily shows himself to us. He's done that in creation. He's done that we're putting his law on our hearts, but he's done that in another way, by speaking to us. But there's another problem there. Friends, if you look at uh, verse 16, that second part there, verse 16 it says let me not hear again the voice of the lord my god or see his great fire anymore lest i die now there is a problem when it comes to communicating with god and god being so holy so majestic infinite glorious and the person who he's speaking to being sinful mortal um, people who uh, are rebellious ignorant people are oh, there, there there is a problem there these people these israelites God affirms what they say. They say, let me not hear from him again. Let me not see that great fire lest I die. We can't stand face to face with God as sinners because he is so holy. And these people understand that. And so what God does for these people is he gives them a vessel through which his word can reach them. And that vessel is called a prophet. And so to know God and to hear from God, God has blessed us with prophets, he speaks to the prophets and they speak on behalf of him. In Hebrews, in that first chapter, it says, In many times and in many ways, God has spoken to the fathers through the prophets. And so, God uses these people in Second Peter 1 21. It says, No prophecy originates with the human will, but it comes from God as men are carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so, we see that to hear from God, he speaks through. The prophets. Moses is such a man. Moses is a prophet. And when it comes to the subject, which is God, and in John 17 and in the prayer of Jesus, he says, This is eternal life, to know God and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. So when it comes to that subject, where are you in terms of your ignorance? Where are you in terms of defiance? And we see here in the 15th verse, Moses is telling the people, he's giving them some comfort. He's saying that God will raise up a prophet like him. And then as you see in the 18th verse, not just Moses saying what God is going to do, Moses is now quoting God. This is God himself speaking. He says in verse 18, I will raise up for them a prophet like you. Now, what kind of prophet was Moses? What does it look like to be, to be a prophet like Moses? While Moses, we see in Deuteronomy 34, he was very intimate with God. The Jews still today will look at Moses and say say that this is the prophet of the Old Testament. This is sort of the the prototype that every other prophet gets stacked up against. Moses is the prophet in the Old Testament, intimate with God. Uh, Wonders and signs performed through him that show God's glory and show God's power. And so now the question is, has God risen a prophet like Moses? And these people waited for hundreds of years for God to raise up this prophet. Some people might think, hey, what about in Deuteronomy 3 when God says, Joshua is going to take over you. And Joshua is going to be the new leader of the Israelites and he's going to take them over the Jordan into the promised land. Or well, we see in Deuteronomy 34:10, it says right there, after the death of Moses... There has never arisen a prophet like Moses since. So it wasn't Joshua. Joshua wasn't the fulfillment, um, the the major fulfillment of this prophecy. Well, who is? And you probably have arrived at the answer. It is Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ who is the prophet like Moses. And we see that over and over again in the gospel accounts, right? In, In Matthew 16, he asked his disciples, who do the people say that I am? And some of them said, hey, some of them think you're Elijah. Some of them think you're one of the prophets. In Matthew 22, sorry, Matthew 21, the crowds are saying Jesus is a prophet. And they're not wrong, but they're not entirely right. So Jesus is a prophet like Moses in Acts chapter 3 and verse 22. It says right there, direct, direct quote from verse 18 here in Deuteronomy that God will raise up a prophet like Moses. The church has always believed that it's Jesus. The church in the first century believed that it was Jesus. Um, Luke, writing in Acts, believes that it's Jesus. This Jesus is the prophet like Moses. But here's the thing. Jesus is a prophet like Moses, but Moses is not a prophet like Jesus. And let me explain why. Moses spoke about the judgment of God. Some terrifying things. But Jesus is the one who has authority to judge. Moses spoke about the forgiveness that God gives. Jesus is the one who has the authority to forgive. Moses spoke about the message of God. Jesus is the message of God. Moses spoke about a way to God. Jesus says about himself in John 14 that he is the way to God. Moses preached the word to the people. In John 1, we see that Jesus is the word. Moses was a prophet. Moses brought the law, but Jesus, in Matthew 5, 17, we see that Jesus is the one who fulfills the law and the prophets. Oh friends, Jesus is definitely like Moses. He is the prophet that was promised here in verse 15 and in verse 18. But Moses is not a prophet like Jesus. Jesus is the superior prophet. Jesus is the prophet supreme. He is the one who is the true witness. Moses could say, "If you hear from me, you're hearing from God." Jesus could say, "If you see me, you have seen the Father." Our Jesus was the supreme prophet, my friends. And now I want to turn your attention to what I was talking about at the start. That God has dealt with human ignorance by sending prophets. And in the fullest way, in the fullest sense, He has um, dealt with our ignorance by sending His own Son. Again, Hebrews 1. And many times and in many ways, He spoke to the fathers through the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken by His Son, Jesus Christ. And there are consequences for ignorance. If a person is ignorant of the saving grace of Jesus Christ, they will forever be doomed. There will only no destruction. There are huge consequences for ignorance. My friends, if you are listening this morning, ignorance is not something you should be worried about when it comes to his saving grace. Instead, it's that second factor. Remember, people speed on the road and they know the laws. They know the road code. They have a full license, yet they still speed. Why? Not because they're ignorant, but because they defy what they know to be right. And my friends, that's what I bring to you this morning. If Jesus Christ is this promised prophet, the one who God says, I will put my words in his mouth. Jesus says about himself in John 12:49. I do not speak on my own authority. I have a commandment from God and I speak and say what he says. Jesus is the prophet who speaks and says all of these things. And in there in verse 18, it says, listen. In verse 15, it says, you shall listen to him. And friends, since you know now that Jesus is this prophet, since you know now that Jesus is the prophet who was promised and God has commanded that we listen to him, ignorance is not something that you can fall back on. You wouldn't want to be ignorant. There are consequences for ignorance. But now, friends, there are consequences for defying what you know to be right. And if you're following me this morning, if you're following along in this passage, the truth about Christ is that he is this prophet that was promised and the commandment from God is that we should listen to him. And what are the consequences of not listening to this prophet? Would you look again with me down in that 19th verse? And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. Friends, You're not going to respond to the New Zealand Health Organization. You're not going to respond to the New Zealand Transport Association or Auckland Traffic. You will be responding to God. You will give an answer to Him. It would be required of you. You must bear witness in front of Him and He will question you there. It will be required of you. In Acts chapter 3, it quotes this verse, the 18th verse. And in Acts chapter 3, 22, it says there, any soul who does not listen to Jesus Christ will be destroyed. Our friends, there are huge consequences. Remember, the bigger the subject, the bigger the consequences, and there is no greater subject than the subject of God. And so I hope you see how great these consequences are. But I don't just want to turn your attention to the consequences. I also want to turn your attention to the wonderful blessing of listening to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who in John three sixteen it says the Father sent him, because the Father loved the world, so he sent his only son, so that whoever believes in him will not perish, will not see destruction, will not be destroyed, but have eternal life. Oh, what a wonderful thing, friends. What a glorious promise that whoever believes in Him will have eternal life. Jesus Himself says in Matthew, Come to Me. Come to Me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls. Our friends, would you come to Him this morning? Would you listen to that call that He gives to come? Would you listen to Him when He says to believe in Him? And if you believe in Him, you will not see the destruction. You will not... It will not be required of you that you give an account for all of your sinful deeds. Instead, Christ pays for all of those. Friends, um, come to him. He he gives this command. Come to him. He's the one who says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Respond to him. And here's a fact. Every single person who is here this morning will respond in some way, in some manner. But how will you respond, friend? Will you respond with apathy? Will Will you respond by casually going off to lunch and forgetting about this? Will you respond by defiantly turning away from this, but still come Sunday after Sunday? How will you respond? or will you respond by listening to the call of Christ to come to him to rely on him to trust in him to have faith in him for the forgiveness of your sins to be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ to be made righteousness through him our friend there is such a great blessing there would you come to Christ would you respond in that way would you listen to him it will be required of you if you do not, there is only destruction. There is only, uh, there is only death if you do not respond uh, by listening. And I tell you the truth, you will respond. And I ask you again, how will you respond? And here's a wonderful promise from the Lord in, in John. He says that he will send his Holy Spirit and his Holy Spirit would lead us to all truth. truth to him. There must be the Holy Spirit that touches you this morning. If you come because of your own intelligence you have not come. The Holy Spirit must touch you this morning as our brother Han Lee was saying in that introduction. The Holy Spirit must touch you. The Holy Spirit must change your heart. The Holy Spirit must lead you here to him. It must be the Holy Spirit that opens your ears so that you will listen to this prophet who was promised in Deuteronomy must be the Holy Spirit that changes your heart and leads you to Christ. Otherwise, you will not listen. I'll plead with Him for His Holy Spirit. Friends, that's what I want to do now. I want to pray and ask that God would bless you and that He would draw you to this prophet. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we thank You so much for Your Bible. We thank you, Lord, that in your Bible, we hear from the prophets, we hear prophecies, things that take away our ignorance about your will, your will for what we are to do now, your will for the future when uh, Jesus Christ will reign supreme. And Lord, we see that it is your will that people will come and repent and believe in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. We see that our Lord Jesus prays in John 17 that eternal life is to know God and to know Jesus Christ whom he has sent. Our Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts, open every heart in this room to know God and to know Jesus Christ whom he has sent. To see Jesus Christ this morning through the Holy Spirit, opening their eyes to him and then be able to see God. Oh, Lord, if we don't see Jesus, we will not see the Father. Help us this morning to see Jesus and the Holy Spirit, uh, that the Holy Spirit would open hearts this morning and lead them to Him. We thank you for this wonderful prophet, the perfect prophet who can deal with all ignorance. We thank you for this prophet who can urge us to stay where we need to stay, who can sustain us and keep us until the day that he comes. Our Lord, have your way this morning and be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.